Thank you so much for talking to me. No, you're and, very welcome. Um, Stephen wondered if we could talk mainly about the Irish movies. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just, I was reading down through the, the what you've you've put together for the Irish movies. How did mm-hmm. that come about? Did you decide? Did you did they tender for application to go into the? the um, it's a combination, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, I suppose in, in two ways. We have a, a platform which is our, our sort of submission platform, which is um, Film Freeway, mm-hmm. and. What's really interesting is is that we've been with um, without a box for a number of years and, and it just didn't seem to be working. So Film Freeway was a real change this year. But I think primarily for the sort of international films, but for a number of the Irish ones. Um, and the festival really does it through that way, which is through the submissions. Or we actually do, do it through invitation. And so okay. the, the, the trick is to try and you know, invite people to you know, allow you to see the films. Um, and then the submissions is fantastic because mm. then that captures all the others. Okay. Do you, know what I mean? so okay. you can see as many as you possibly can. Yeah. And then it's a matter of just trying to yeah. actually find some. And is the, obviously to, the week's coming up to when do you start like full on preparing? Well, you see, with the, the Irish, you see, the rules are completely different because mm. sort of Irish international. I mean, the international sort of starts probably around April. I go to a couple of film festivals in April and it'll probably start there. Mm-hmm. The Irish, you know, the Irish films, a lot of them aren't finished until, you know, okay. December. Before, yeah, well, okay. don't the days uh, thing yeah. scares me, but yes, yes. days. Yeah. Um, but you are actually trying yeah, to, yeah. to see everything by at least the first week in December. Okay. Um, you know, that, mostly because you, you know, you need to get an idea about what the sort of, you know, the style or the, the subject or, or the quality is like mm-hmm. in order to see whether or not it's actually going mm-hmm. to be something for Diff. Because I'm always conscious that it, for me, the films have to work for themselves and work for the festival. Yes. It doesn't make sense yeah. if we take something that was rushed in sure. order to get to the sure. festival. Yeah. Yeah. And equally, I would nearly argue that, that I'm, I've tried always to be very fair with distributors, with sales agents, with producers, mm-hmm. that you, know, you need to put a film into a festival that it's going to benefit from. And don't go too early just because sure. you want to show it to your friends. Absolutely. Make sure that Absolutely. it actually has a yeah. platform and a plan. Yes. And I think that's yeah, something that's that we've really been working good, on this year. That's a really good you concept. Know? And is that, so. that's obviously then the, the ethos that you've applied to all of these To, to these films. films. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. there's, you, 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 you issue an invitation um, and you would have the conversation with the producer, and you'd, the producer mm-hmm. or the director, and you'd say, you know, I'd really like to show this film, and they'd say, I don't have a sales agent, um, I'm not quite sure, or they say, we don't, uh, we, we have a plan, we're going out and release. You know, I mean, Sing mm-hmm. Street's a very good example. Okay, you know, yeah, I, mean, no, I was going to ask you about Sing Street. For instance, um, yeah. I had been hearing on the grapevine that it was really, really good, mm-hmm. and so I immediately got on to everybody involved and said, I'd like to see it, I'd like to see it. Um, and then I heard, you know, increasingly from people who had seen it, it's fantastic, you have to see it. Yeah. Um, and th- from then it became quite easy. You know, then yeah. it was actually our dates, you know, what slot would it be? Uh, you, you, you know that it will probably be at least, you know, a sure thing for Sundance because of once being there before. Mm-hmm. So it fits into the plan. Okay. Um, so we're just after Sundance, quite neatly tuck, tucked in. So they'll go Sundance, they'll go Dublin, they'll go out on release. Okay. Um, and and they, also, they also have a UK distributor, 
who had had a big success with Brooklyn. Okay. So they actually knew about the importance of an Irish audience okay. for an Irish film, which is okay. another part of yeah. this, this yeah. discussion, you know. Yeah. Because if you don't have a distributor that knows, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then there are, I think, you know, there are gaps that can happen, yeah. you know. Are there touches of the commitments in Sing Street, would you say? Or there I mean, there are. I mean, I think the thing is, is that you say, you know, Dublin set musical and everybody goes, oh, it's the commitments! And you're like, well, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, quite. You kind of want to be you, remembered yeah. for other things. I think there's a lot of this. Yeah. A, it's, it, what is lovely about it is, is it's a very um, uh, John Carney genre uh-huh. in that it, it kind of you know skillfully avoids d- description in a okay. way okay. so it might start off as a coming of age story about a guy who moves schools and gets bullied and forms a band really to impress a girl uh-huh. which is probably a genre we've seen many times before uh-huh. but it's set in Dublin uh-huh. and his bandmates are you know the most odd looking crew you'd ever meet uh-huh. um, it's set in 1985 one of the kind of you know years that fashion forgot and um, but the music I, I was there <laughs> the music is Spandau Ballet and Duran yeah, Duran and yeah, The Cure. So you yeah. already have people half smiling at yeah. this nostalgia. Yeah. Um, and then they suddenly burst into song yeah. and these kids can sing. Yeah. So it suddenly sort of yeah. you know, takes itself from one particular type of film yeah. um, into another. It's incredibly modest. Mm-hmm. So it actually, you feel as you're watching it that it's kind of, you know, just, you know, a very simple story. But it has a huge emotional sort of like, yeah. you know, punch that happens yeah. about halfway yeah. through. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, I'd say that the commitments, you know, because it's an Alan Parker film as well, mm-hmm. I think people forget that. Mm-hmm. You know, it has its punctuation points, which are the songs. Absolutely. The characters are drawn yeah. in that particular yeah. way. And there is very much a kind of stop, start, stop, start. Stop, start. Point. And the punchlines are delivered movie. like yes, punchlines. Yes, and, and it's written by guys yeah. who were fantastic. Um, sitcom experts actually mm-hmm. so I mean our TV half hour you know mm-hmm. uh, experts so you know it, this Sing Street isn't, doesn't feel like that it yeah. feels much more organic it okay. feels like it flows from one okay. incident to another yeah. there's also a story about you know a guy growing up if you like in the shadow of a very sort of you know um, influential brother mm-hmm. um, played by Jack Rayner who actually you know forms his musical taste you know is the mm-hmm. kind of mentor um, to our lead who, who kind of gives him the guidance mm-hmm. that helps him through some of the kind of issues mm-hmm. in the film so it's a very sweet film but it actually has as I said quite tangled torns in, in different places mm-hmm. but the songs are fantastic and as I said what is interesting about the response in Sundance um, and I was literally talking to somebody about it today is they kept saying oh they loved it it was standing ovations and everybody and I was going yeah well of course they did because it's very sweet you know mm-hmm. but I think for a Dublin audience they will obviously see the sweet but they'll also see the kind of underpinnings yeah. as well yeah. and about, about a particular yeah. type of Dublin yeah. and, and, and you know a particular kind of parochial type of Dublin mm-hmm. as well yeah. that means that you know there yeah. is definitely a sense in 1985 you had to get out yeah, in order to be yeah. to follow your dream and I think yeah. there's definitely a yeah. part of that yeah. that will have a different resonance yeah. but I think there will be you know whoops basically in the yeah. Savoy and opening because I think a lot of people certainly I would have been growing up in the 80s I would have been in the 20s in the 80s and two of my siblings are now still living abroad okay and so a lot of people went and left yes and so they remember ireland they remember dublin in particular as this kind of capsule the time really sort of stood still Mm. and i know people even who went away when they came back they said oh we expected everybody to be sitting on the same bar stools having the same conversation but in some ways this is like that bar stool that you're 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 yeah I mean, I think the other side of it is, and, and I'm, I'm very curious about it, is, is what's lovely is, is that there's now a generation of filmmakers coming from Ireland that don't feel like they have to make 
you know, sort of Hollywood genre films that fit, yeah. you know, that they're not yeah. squeezing Irish experience or Irish <laughs> life or Irish characters yeah. into a yeah. preformed yeah. Yeah. IKEA, yeah. if you like, I form agree. of yeah. s- storytelling. Yeah. You know, and what's lovely is is the, the, the kind of you know, rough edges on, on certain characters and the kind of unusual mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. sharpness, you know, does ring true. You know, mm-hmm. it's a bit, you know, as I said, mm-hmm. once, you know, had that same very nearly sort of in sort of casualness and, mm-hmm. and in a way about mm-hmm. it. It looked effortless. It looked mm-hmm. like they were yeah. just yeah. met. It was a documentary. They just happened to be cameras yeah. there following these yeah. people. Yeah. And I think there is something like that. Yeah. There's this wonderful informality yeah. about yeah. about John's filmmaking. Um, that you know it is as I said invisible you know and, and it, it definitely pulls you in and as I said I think that's what I'm interested in mm-hmm. that we're not you know making these it very shouty like films it doesn't yeah like it's not cliche, it's not yes. saying they won't understand this in middle America yeah. so we'll make sure that they do yeah. you know because there is it, there yeah. is there are some movies that feel like that that they, they I do think feel so. like as though I, there is certainly very much playing to to the audience in particular and they do spell it out but this one doesn't but they're scared yeah. you know and I mean yeah. I understand because it's a yeah. lot of money yeah. and it presumably you have a lot of, of financiers saying mm-hmm. I don't really like the middle bit can you make the middle bit so that I understand it you know um but obviously you know john and martina and the whole gang involved seem to have been able to to keep it very true to what they wanted because mm-hmm. you, you genuinely do feel there is a singular vision there's very mm-hmm. clear um i suppose sense of place and time and character yeah. in it you know it, it's, it's interesting as well that a group of people managed to work together and come up with such a clear vision of what it was that they wanted to do. But isn't that part and parcel of, of, of making a film that's about your childhood that you can control? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And also, I'm presuming, I mean, I wouldn't ask the vulgar question of how much money it may, it cost. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's it's not zillions. Sure. So you can keep yeah. your, your control. You because know, sometimes you as well, I agree with you about the control, but sometimes as well you might have you might see portions where one person's image of something is, is, is slotted in and then it, it follows through with the other person's image. But this is effortless. So it means yes. that that was a very much a very a great team effort and they worked very well together so that the vision was unified and it was a singular vision. I think vision so, yeah. Than, but I think, you know, John, yeah. I think he obviously directed wrote but he's also written some of the songs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think when you actually have that yeah. kind of sort of yeah, like connection. talent in the centre, yeah. yeah, it probably yeah. makes it slightly easier. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> Um, I was looking at um, Further Beyond, uh, Christine Malloy and Joe jo Lawler, and it's about... Ambrose um, and Higgins. Yes, and I thought that was an interesting take on not necessarily talking so much about his life, but following the, the trips that he would have taken and gone to yeah. the areas that he would have gone to. And they, were, they mentioned in particular like the journey from Ireland to Chile and key locations in his life. Um, it's very much about about you know the the man before he became the myth in a mm-hmm. way, and I think what's interesting is is the real art program and the mm-hmm. scheme, which is just something that actually film base and the festival work with the arts council mm-hmm. on, you know, is very very firmly um, positioned as an artist's fund. You know, it's mm-hmm. a it's a project whereby you know two filmmakers each year are given an opportunity to make a film completely. Um, to their way of, 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 of thinking and, and you know, to tell the story the way they want to tell mm-hmm. it without the interference of mm-hmm. funders or broadcasters yeah, yeah. or anything. Yeah. And I think this you know, is um, a, a documentary produced by two really, really interesting filmmakers who've worked as a filmmaking team for many, many years mm-hmm. now. 
And I think they were, again, going back to that idea of not wanting to tell a story in a very kind of traditional or straightforward way. Mm-hmm. They wanted to, to capture a kind of uh, the multifacets of this particular yeah. man yeah. without actually making it one of those biopics that starts sure. with the credits yeah, and the photo of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And finishing with the death, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to actually move more in a, in a, so a sort of fragmented way, but equally mm-hmm. to kind of through you know, images and mood to try mm-hmm. and create a kind of portrait. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting experience. It's very witty. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know anything about him, so mm-hmm. I was kind of intrigued to sort of see how, you know, you can tell stories um, about someone and create a kind of a, a sense of the man, mm-hmm. um, even with the, the, the sort of approach that they took, which, mm-hmm. as I said, kind of eschew so many of the traditional things, you know, yeah. like the, the, I like the, the contributions they, and they stuff. I like the fact that they sort of brought in the tangible elements of his life, that they brought you to places that would have been absolutely stunning to look at, but still it was equally, well, he was here and we are here now. Yes, and the process of, of, you know, I'm really curious about, you know, the fact that, you know, on the table when we came in there was a script, you know, and that that actually is the start of a particular journey. And, you know, there's a lovely start to the film in which he, he, they have two different people who are doing the voiceovers, you Mm -hmm. know, there's a man and a woman and they both compete and they want to know who's going to be listed first in the credits. And there's a game because, you know, we are very aware, if you think about Scary Movie 3 and stuff like that, that we're very aware of the Mm postmodern in sort of fiction films. Mm -hmm. But in documentary, there's a playfulness, I think, about about this film that I think really is is quite endearing, you know, and it actually really will, 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 will pull people in and make them think about... The way in which we, you know, we we read, as I said, biographies or, or obituaries, and we think that mm-hmm. we will get a sense of the person, yeah. um, without actually, you know, realizing that we're just processing. You know, we Absolutely. just want to get to Absolutely. the end. This yeah. actually forces you to think about what are you looking at, yeah. and we're very aware yeah. that when we were putting this image together, it would make mm-hmm. you think in a particular mm-hmm. way. So it's very it's very playful and yeah. it's great fun. It's a lovely addition, actually, that and the other film, which is the Claire Dix documentary, which is the one I about was going Denise to Moriarty. I was going to talk about Claire yeah. Dix as well because I Claire Dix was one of my lecturers in DBS. Oh, it's okay. And she's yeah, yeah. Just a really, really good filmmaker. And she's fantastic, and, and she's, she's totally, you know, she's totally focused, and she knows what she wants, and she does it, and she's yeah. really, really in the in the moment and she she is I think yeah. the thing that's interesting I mean I remember um, because the last film um, of Claire's was Broken Song which was mm-hmm. one that, that also came through the real art program yeah. and that was also in one of the previous festivals wasn't it, it was yes it about two yes. years ago uh, it was about two years ago yeah. and, and I remember when um, she came in and she pitched the idea and it was about you know, this guy with this amazing voice but he had kind of you know sort of some issues and it was like okay right mm, uh, you know they're, they're going to have to really make a connection to the kid and to the area, you know, in order for this to work, you know, and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't work, but that's exactly what the scheme is for, you know, it's for people yeah. to actually move and develop their, their own sort of aesthetic. But I remember seeing Broken Song for the first time and just thinking it was such a beautiful film and that mm-hmm. this intimacy that she'd managed to create mm-hmm. with the lead mm-hmm. character, but equally, just as a film, it was so enjoyable to mm-hmm. look at and mm-hmm. to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's done something similar here. It's yeah. a completely different film. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's a, a kind of portrait of a, of a figure who I think I don't have any huge knowledge of, but yeah. I remember the reverence with which mm-hmm. she was basically, mm-hmm. you know, remembered and talked mm-hmm. about on radio predominantly. Yeah. I remember people yeah. talking about her. They were saying so. that um, 
there were some who were being, um, I was just reading here that she was accused of fabricating her professional dance training and of misrepresenting herself as a vanguard of Irish ballet. But it, what is beautiful about this is that the story is told regardless and that you're not, there's no judgment being, no, being no, given. No. And that in actual fact, regardless of what her credentials were, the, her heart her importance, was 100% yeah, yeah, was yeah. In, the, in the the process and that she but wanted I think to, not, to convey the, that message to people. But I think that's part of the, you know, just even just linking the kind of filmmakers that we're talking about at the moment. I mean, it's, it is a sign of maturity, I think, when you, you realise that filmmakers are, are able and strong enough to stand up for their rights Absolutely. to tell a story a particular yeah. way. And yeah. I think, you know... The real arts are, are different maybe from Sing Street because, you know, they're very specifically supportive of filmmakers' visions, you know. Um, there's a, is not a very strong or heavy commercial aspect to it. Um, but I think it's, 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 you know, the quality, and I mean, I'm on the judging panel every year, but it is really interesting to see the sort of the quality of the filmmakers who come in and, and how it's not, as I said, that heavy, critical you know, or promotional, or, or sort of trying to restore reputations. It's more, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's much more pure. You're not pure. playing to the gallery. You're, you're yeah. purely and simply making a movie that, yes, it works, but it's also more, what's the word for, as you said earlier, more organic. I think so. It, it, yeah. it interrogates and it yeah. allows the film to, mm. to, to sort of exist and breathe in its own mm. space. It's yeah. not, as I said, you know, it, it doesn't come from a hugely, uh, I suppose, sort of, you know, um, pressurizing or demanding mm. space where there has to be certain solutions or resolutions mm. or an end that makes yeah. people feel a particular or way. Excuses made. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think that you know, it, it's it is a very mature. I mean, one of the things. I mean, I haven't. I don't really like kind of the sort of. You know, is there a big theme of the festival? You're like, well, not really. But I think the thing that is really interesting is is that in the year that everybody's talking about Irish talent, is that you're seeing filmmakers who are not afraid to take risks and not afraid to make films that will challenge audiences. And I think that's the thing I'm, I'm really intrigued yeah. by. Um, I've always given out about, you know, in order to make films, you have to watch films. And I think mm-hmm. one of the reasons why you have to watch films is, A, to see what else is being made and to see, or steal, from some of the greatest sort of filmmakers mm-hmm. in the world. But it's equally the actual activity of being an audience member. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I see it all the time that some of the, the sort of laziest filmmakers are those who think that audiences are lazy mm-hmm. and that some of the best filmmakers know that audiences are alive and alert and are interested yes, in being challenged true. and engaged and yeah. and in some cases yeah. you know are, are 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 capable of making huge leaps quite bold leaps that i think mm-hmm. you know people yeah. um, don't yeah. often give them credit yeah, for I agree. and i think claire yeah. is somebody who's very yeah. very good at that i'm delighted that claire dix's movie is in this neil jordan's oh, god bless us we all know where we were 20 years ago. That's yeah. what, it, what is funny yeah. about Michael Collins. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that really, in a way, the Michael Collins project came out of um, an event we did last year with Barry Lyndon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the 40th anniversary of Barry Lyndon, um, which was obviously partially shot in Ireland. And so we brought Ryan O'Neill and um, we brought the producer, Jan Harlan, okay. back to talk about the experiences. Okay. And in a way, when Warner Brothers were telling us that they were going to do um, a reissue of Michael Collins, it seemed like a really nice opportunity mm-hmm. to revisit something that we talk about. And definitely successive departments of um, arts have, have always referred to, which is, is the kind of the connection that filmmaking and production has to mm-hmm. the sort of country. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously it gives employment. 
But there is actually something that people actually remember where they were or they were on the sets mm-hmm. or they got held up because the roads were closed because mm-hmm. they were filming something. Mm-hmm. And Michael Collins seemed to be very definitely one of the bigger ones. Yeah. Um, everybody in Dublin seemed yeah. to be part of the extras. Yeah. Um, I know half yeah. the film industry yeah. was either involved in the production notes yeah. or they were involved yeah. in some part of it. Yeah. Um, and as I said, it just seemed a nice... And also with the year that's in it, it seemed like a nice opportunity to Absolutely. sort of like go back. So, you know, Tony Lawson, Chris Menges, Neil Jordan, um, Redmond um, Morris, you know, a good gang of them will hopefully be, be joining um, us in, in the Savoy with a lot of the extras who are obviously, you know, um, around and, and I suppose mm-hmm. desperate to see if they can spot themselves this time around. Oh, that's um, yeah. But yeah. I suppose the other side of it, which people forget, is, is that, you know, a lot of us involved in the industry, we kind of go, oh, you know, Michael Collins, 20 years, that was after, you know, Neil had just had Interview with the Vampire, that was, you know, where his career was at that stage, you know, Liam Neeson before he started, you know, sort of tracking down his daughter, uh, twice, all of these things, twice. three times, isn't oh, it? He keeps yeah. losing the girl. Um, but do you know what I mean? I mean, it, it, yeah. it is really a, a very specific time. Yeah. There's a whole group of people who haven't seen the film on the big screen. It's a fantastic film. I mean, it looks absolutely stunning with a great score. I mean, yeah. all of the actors, I think, are, are really, really yeah. powerful. I think Liam um, Neeson is so well cast. He's so well cast. Yeah. So, I mean, in a way, you know, what's nice about it is, is that you're, you're, you're sort of, uh, you know, I sometimes feel a tiny bit like, oh, it's the anniversary. You know, it's like the kind of greeting card yeah. form of yeah. programming. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. you'll never guess it's 22 years since blah, you know. Oh, um, but in this case, I think there's yeah. actually lots of things to celebrate and, yeah. and as I said you know Neil has rewritten or written the note in the programme and I think you he know he certainly has really yeah, and it's, it's about, really nice yeah. the way he talks about how it has developed and how he decided to to bring back the historical context mm. and um, and then he was saying that the um, there was the, the movies that he made before Michael Collins which were in this genre which were Angel, Angel and, and Crying Game the Crying yeah. Game and then he made this and he said that it was, he just had, he said it was always going to be about violence, but he also mm. felt that it was about where Ireland was at that point in time. Yeah, that I think that it was viewed, if you like, the, the, the violence became the prism through which mm. it was viewed rather than any other way. And yeah. that it would be really interesting to look mm. at it 20 years, you know, 20 years on and see what are the mm. other things that you might focus mm. on. And I mean, I think we also remember that, you know, the vast arguments that raged through the national papers, you know, mm. back and forth with people mm. taking you know, particular points of view. I mean, in some ways... And they you were know, so critical at the time, but now... But now it'd be fascinating yeah. to see, yeah. you know, where, where those commentators, yeah. you know, have they changed their mind, have they not changed their mind? Mm. You know, Ireland quite literally was another country. Yes. You know, so it, it is was, kind yeah. of, you know, yeah. really interesting from that point of view. Yeah. Um, and you know, and the the other side of it is 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 you know when you look down through the cast, you just realise you know that it was a huge film in, in a way because you know it was the Irish film industry. They're all there, you know, and you know, and look at where we are now, and mm-hmm. and you wonder whether or not you can trace some of that success back mm-hmm. to actually having a film like Michael Collins. Mm-hmm. And equally, we're all talking about the success of Rome and isn't it fantastic how many Irish people have gone to see Brooklyn. You know, for a long time, Michael Collins was the kind of box office champ yeah. in terms of yeah. Irish films. Yeah. Yeah. That that many yeah. people went to see an Irish film is, mm-hmm. you know, extraordinary. Yes. And, and, and the record held for so long. I think yeah. it was Mrs. Brown's Boys or something like that finally kind oh, of okay. beat it. Right, well, we... 
just that's we'll see it's been we'll reissued see, again yeah. maybe Michael Collins could take it back he can, Michael Collins will rise again rise again and be take like it Lazarus. back he'll come back um, I thought the concept in Traders is very interesting and, uh, it, you know, yeah. the thing about traders is that I am kind of amused. There's a part of me that sort of thinks that it, it has a concept not dissimilar to a kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger sort of like 80s yeah. or 90s. I thought even Hunter, um, uh, Hunger Games. Or Hunger Games, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think the, mm. it, it, it is a very, very clever concept. I think it's also very rooted in Dublin because, you know, one of the things is, is that Killian and John Bradley play, Killian Scott and John Bradley play two guys who, when I saw them, I went, they're not young enough to be bankers. They're not young enough to be financial wizards. And I went, no, they are, actually. It's just that I have in my head the idea that the guys who, you know, lost all the money are actually kind of fat cats in their late 50s, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think the urgency that the film actually portrays about mm. these guys who, you know, have the car and they have the apartment and mm. they have the lifestyle. Mm. And then when you take that away, they are driven mm. to the type of actions that mm. the film actually mm. tells. Um, uh, and I think the other thing is, is that it's, it's, it's very clever, it's very smart, uh, it's got a kind of wry sense of humour, mm-hmm. I think, something that actually does have that mm-hmm. kind of Hunger Games mm-hmm. fight club kind of yes. element to it, you know? Yeah. Um, or and even on a very small level, maybe Lord of the Flies. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think the other thing about it, which is really interesting from my point of view, is that I, I've been, this is my ninth festival, I think, that I've programmed. And one of the things that I'm fascinated about is when I started, mm-hmm. you know, you're always going... Okay, and these Irish actors, and they were in this film, um, which was in the IFI for 20 minutes, and they were in that film, and they, that was in the flat last year. <laughs> now, we actually put brackets and we say love-hate or Game of Thrones, and there's yeah. a whole new audience yeah, exactly. that have connections to connection. Irish actors, yeah. Yeah. Um, and to other actors indeed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, purely through television. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think what's lovely is, is you know, and Killian is one of the many stars that has actually broken through in the last couple of years, that, that does have a, a certain debt to to mm-hmm. um to Irish television yeah and um, but equally I mean um he was I think one of the, the star turns in Calvary which was mm-hmm. a film that we actually opened with mm-hmm. two years ago mm-hmm. again a film a tiny bit like Michael Collins that just had so much Irish yes. talent on screen yeah um, but again I think the great thing about Traders is, is that I, I genuinely do think it will it will work for an audience that possibly are more accustomed to seeing Marvel films you know yes. I think that's the other thing I mean Michael Collins yeah. is fantastic but we also know yeah. that it'll play to a particular type of audience. Hopefully it'll be a broad mm-hmm. audience. Um, but traders, I hope, will actually be able to maybe tap into that magic mm-hmm. sort of 18 to 24-year-old yeah. male audience yeah. that the Hollywood yeah. studios are obsessed with, yeah. you know? Um, and it is very smart. It's a very yeah. smart film. I kind of got the impression that it was the sort of movie that um, essentially what they're doing is still making massive gambles, on, but they've pared it down to going from their daily lives, their business lives, back down to a very basic, um, I Winner suppose, takes primeval, all. you know, there's, there's either you're going to live or you're going to die, yeah. or you're going to, winner takes it all and gets the girl. And that's the way it is. And yeah. it, it's quite primeval in that it's a quite a basic concept, but it works very well. It and does the, work very yeah. well. I mean, I think, that, you know, John Bradley and Killian, it's a great kind of double act. You know, mm-hmm. they're sort of like this sort of, you know the the the, the I don't know the hero and his nemesis. You know it's mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. idea of the the two guys kind of locked. Yeah. In that I mean yeah. you'd see it for instance if you wanted to in Revenant. Mm-hmm. You know that there is that idea that there's mm-hmm. two people and the audience kind of wonder who is going to get the better of the other and yeah. they're never quite sure yeah. which way it's going to go. And it seems as well there's a kind of a, a thing of and it, it's 
it, it, I suppose it's quite, it's a little bit of a shame in some ways in that the good deed, which you would think is the good deed of one guy letting mm. the other guy off, even though the ultimate goal was to winner takes all, loser ceases to be, and you know that that, that the good deed is not going unpunished. Except that, except that, haven't we learned anything from the last ten years? Do you know what I mean? That the, the, the you know, interestingly, a lot of the people who who you know did do the good thing, do you know what I mean? Got punished as well as the people who true. didn't. Yeah. You know, and 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 I think that kind of grey morality mm-hmm. is definitely part of the film. You know, yeah. the, the idea that yeah. you know you think you're doing a good thing, but it will come back and bite you. You know, yeah, um, and, big time. Yeah, yes. and and that you know, unless you yeah. man up. Yeah. and kill the other guy you're yeah. not going to get yeah, exactly. away with it you you're know not gonna, you're not going to get life is not going to be so peachy yeah and i and i, and I you know unfortunately or maybe yeah. fortunately i think audiences actually have very much bought into that kind of dark mm-hmm. sort of slightly you know pessimistic yeah. cynical view yeah. of the world i think yeah. we all you know genuinely do think oh you know everyone's out for themselves and you know no one would ever do a good thing mm. because we've sort of seen i think that we've become quite defensive and protection yeah, i also think as well social media has has pushed people into a situation where what you think is real or an emotion or sentiment that you think is real and tangible is not that people well, it's very are, rare to see it in the cinema faking it i mean i would have thought that actually one of the things that maybe linked brooklyn and, and rome was the idea of emotion mm-hmm. i mean people yeah. were crying in both of those films yeah. crying yeah. not not crying tears of laughter yes. you know not crying fear yeah. you know but actual emotion connected, connected to it yeah. and i think that you know you're right mm-hmm. But I think it's quite it's quite amusing that they're both Irish films that actually have that yeah. that that connection. Yeah. That unashamed. I mean, I I often think about you know the success of my left foot. You know, mm-hmm. not to you know suggest that Rome is my left foot. You know, however many years later. But you know, there is definitely that 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 kind of heart. Yeah. that I think has definitely had yeah. that connection with American yeah. audiences, you know, yeah. which is that sense that you know you are talking about the love of a mother mm-hmm. for her son. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. actually that simple. It's that yeah. primal, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that we go to films and we're so used to going, you know, he did a nice thing, but I don't think it's going to work out. Do you know what I mean? You know, that, no, he shouldn't have done that. No, yeah. you know, exactly. he's left himself vulnerable. Yeah. You know, yes. and I think part of that is definitely, you know, a, a lot of the, you know, TV that we're watching, like yeah. The Wire or Sopranos, where yeah. every episode yeah. is somebody yeah. finding out that they shouldn't have done something. Yeah, you know? the uh-oh moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was um, the truth commissioner. I it's thought, fantastic. Oh, this yeah. Poor guy. Um, he's he comes in to try and sort things out and set up a truth commission. No, I hadn't read the book, Ireland. so I, I yeah. I'm, and I mean, you know, it, that's one of the things that really annoys me about when people talk about adaptations. You know, the first, literally, the first line is always, "It was better or worse than the book." I hadn't read the book, so yeah. I went, you know, with maybe only I think there was a John Borman film with Juliet Binoche about the peace and reconciliation trials in, um, in South Africa. Okay. I think. Um, but, I, you know, I know that it's a very powerful device, the idea mm-hmm. of the man that comes into the community that's kind of given a mm-hmm. certain amount of leeway, like a judge in the mm-hmm. old Westerns, I suppose, mm-hmm. that comes in and, yeah. you know, is given yeah. the responsibility for dispensing yeah. justice. Um, Roger Allen is fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's somebody who I've seen, for instance, and loved, actually, in the thick of it, mm-hmm. where he came, plays a kind of bumbling um, um, politician, minister, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I liked about this, and I thought Declan did a really good job of... of, of making the familiar interesting which is is the idea of you know um, Stormont 
politicians, you know, the, the, the two sides of, of, mm -hmm. of the, the war, mm -hmm. the, the, the way in which we all go, oh, yes, look, we've seen that, guys, before. Mm -hmm. We've seen the loyalist, um, uh, you know, politicians. We've seen the sort of spin doctors. And I, I felt that there was a freshness to the story mm -hmm. and a pace to the story. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, just even to mention the thick of it, there is a lot of politics on telly. I think, yeah, you know, with House I of Cards and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. We're very familiar with those yeah. tropes. And I think you know. we, we don't necessarily even notice them anymore. I think so we don't. Annoying. And I think we will, yeah. obviously, over the coming... I mean, actually, somebody on the radio the other day was talking about how they were talking about the type of photos that they'd like from the elections. And they said, well, obviously, we're looking for the one that is when it goes slightly wrong or the politician looks the wrong way or at the mm -hmm. wrong person. Mm -hmm. And it is about that. It's mm -hmm. the off-message is actually the thing that yeah. you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing about Truth Commissioner, as I said, is, is, is a very smart film. You know, it takes a kind of story that I'm sure plays very well, maybe internationally, because mm -hmm. there is that, that slight distance about, you know, uh, Stormont and the North. Mm -hmm. um, but I, as I say, it creates a, an energy for me. I thought the actors were fantastic. I thought mm -hmm. Barry Ward was really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I hope when it comes out that it actually, as I said, does get that that kind of of audience that likes mm -hmm. a smart thriller and yeah. likes that that yeah. kind of um you know it, it is a tiny bit of you know the person who comes home to their hotel room in the middle of the night and there's a letter under the door and that changes the dynamic you know Absolutely. i love west wing so i am a complete sort of you know sort of yeah. fan um, but it is clever and it's very fresh and as I said it's very very well cast yeah yeah no it definitely seemed I mean I could pick up from what they were writing about it it's definitely sounded like one to watch um, I was very interested I'm going, actually um, very interested in the Hubert Butler now you explained to me I did not know who he was did you know who he was yes I've, All met, right. See? I've met Hubert Butler alright there you go I was like come on more than more than once, um, I but I was very young, so mm. I wouldn't. I did, did you know who know, he was when you met I him? I did not know who he was, yeah. but what I do remember is that this was a, a gentleman mm. down to his absolute toes. Mm. And every person that he met, I even at that age, I was very young, even at that age, I realized that he was somebody special, yeah. And you could tell. And I met his wife, I was in his house a number of times in Maiden Hall down in Bennett's Bridge. My mm. father knew him, mm. and um. My father's surname is Butler, so okay, hence okay, the, hence yeah, 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 yeah. So he knew him, and they were just really, really, really lovely people, and they were absolutely just decent and and very kind and very understanding. And you could tell that he had a special wisdom about him that was just you don't see in many people. I mean, what I found funny is that, as I said, I, I go to lots of different film festivals and I have a lot of friends and I'm, I'm on the board of the Cultural Centre in Paris. And one of the things I love is that when I meet my, my sort of French friends and, and I try to sort of go to see exhibitions and, you know, they, they kind of give me sort of biographies, that if he was French, he'd be... Do you know what I mean? There'd be streets named after him, or buildings named after him, or schools, or whatever. Like literally, mm. and that was what I was shocked about when yeah. I saw Johnny's film. I just went, yeah. "How? A as a relatively educated yeah. person, did I not know who he was? Mm. How had I not read mm. him in school, or at least in college? Now maybe I'm forgetting a big section, or I was off or sick that day. 
But I felt that that was something that I was really intrigued by. And that also that that type of Renaissance character in Irish society, you know, is often left behind, isn't it? You know, I mean, as because I said, he was different. Yeah, I think it, I think that's essentially it. He was he was a very good writer. I have a number of his books. I have yet to finish one, but that's because I'm in college doing other things. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. But he has written a number of books, and they're beautifully written. Yeah, you know, and he's he's got that a comes across in the film actually that there's a real words. Yeah, he's a he wordsmith. Yeah, he's a warm character. Like mm. he was a mm. really really decent. I mean, I think it'll be. I, I hope anyway that this will be a, an opportunity for, as I said, yeah. a, a kind of resurgence. But I agree with of you. Interest. Why aren't there any? You know, why aren't there any? But isn't that what film festivals are about? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think you know. The, yeah. it, I you know, was trying to sort of describe this to to a friend of mine the other day, and I said, you know, the thing is, is that I try to say to people, pick two films. You know, if you're going to start off small, as we say, pick two. One that you know that you'd like, mm -hmm. because that's kind of fine. Mm -hmm. And then pick one that you have no idea. Either just pick it because of the title, or pick mm -hmm. it because it's on at a certain time, yeah. Yeah. or find someone who's yeah. actually, you know, yeah, and, and discover right. something. Yeah. Because Absolutely. that's actually what happens. You know, it's the equivalent yeah. of, 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 sort yeah. of running through your, your uh, remote control uh, and stopping on something mm -hmm. that looks unfamiliar. And yeah. I, as I said, I'm lucky because I get them sent. To me, yeah. um, and I would have discovered this, and I know obviously Johnny Gogan from mm -hmm. from a long time, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think this is a it kind of seems to be a passion project that he's done pretty much on his own, and I think he's put all you know all of the, the kind of elements together, um, without you know very much kind of institutional support, but he's had so much. It, it seems sort of, you know, help and support from people that it's it's incredibly yeah. rich and incredibly yeah. detailed, you yeah. know. So I think as as a first sort of stop for people mm -hmm. it's fascinating mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no I'm, I'm delighted to see that he's he's getting recognised and um, well hopefully as I said it'll be the start it'll be the start of something great I actually haven't gone into too much detail in the others do you want me to uh, I mean I don't mind I mean, which, which, I mean I suppose Viva in a way because it's the closing night film is is a really interesting film. I mean, in a way, it's bittersweet that it's our closing film because it's the Paddy Bannock film that was long listed for the Foreign Language Oscars, which is set in Havana. And yeah. it's a project, it's a lovely story. I mean, I was reading around about it, which is obviously that um, I think after the success of I Went Down, mm -hmm. um, the producer and Paddy were in Havana. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if they were there with the film, but I think they were on holidays. Mm -hmm. And they ended up in a sort of drag club and, and sort of met some of the characters and really mm -hmm. felt like there was a really interesting sort of atmosphere and some of the characters had fascinating yeah. stories yeah. and it stayed with them mm -hmm. um, and then they were sort of joined in the store on the process by, by Mark O'Halloran who obviously is a very well known screenwriter who's obviously worked with, with Lenny Abramson and a very good actor um, and you know what they've created is this wonderful sort of um, it's, it's, a, it's extremely warm family drama I suppose in a way I mean I, I think what I loved about it was that the dynamic seems to be one that were, were sort of the backstage musical you know it, it's the the guys who, who are the the, the, um, the drag queens you know who, who sit and row over their lipstick and give out to each other and the, the young guy who watches um, from the sidelines and then suddenly he gets pulled in lured into into this or dreams really of becoming a kind of member of the cast of the troupe of becoming a kind of yeah. you know coming of age yeah. um, and into this sort of dynamic which is also in the hotbed that is Havana and mm -hmm. um, comes his father who's a famous boxer mm -hmm. um, and they the two have a very difficult I suppose reconnection mm -hmm. um, 
So it's very, very sweet, as I said. Yeah. It's, but set in, in a, I mean, I was lucky enough to go to Havana a couple of years ago, and I, I was, you know, struck by it, that it's a, it's a wonderfully romantic, nostalgic city. It has those old, big American cars. And it's got the fantastic light. Um, and the food and the music and all of that and then at night the malacon on the front on the the sort of the the coast you know turns into a much more dangerous and dark place and there's no real street lamps Mm -hmm. and it it flips personality you know and I think one of the things I think that's really interesting about Viva is I think that Paddy has captured those kind of twin sort of facets yeah. of the personality, yeah. um, but also the performances are lovely. Yeah. Um, Stephen Rennox has done the music, and it, it's 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 mm-hmm. uh, it's a really special film. So as I said, from my point of view, it's bittersweet that that Paddy and the gang will actually be here because obviously they should rightfully be in Hollywood on Oscar night, which is our closing night. But they'll mm-hmm. actually be with us, and, and 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 for that, I'm kind of grateful. Yes, absolutely. We have an audience award, which you know we'll we'll use hopefully to try and create a kind of um, energy around what Irish audiences they mm-hmm. nearly always go for an Irish documentary. Mm-hmm. And Broken Song was actually the audience award a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Wave Riders was his and hers. So you know, hopefully, as I said, from my point of view, I'm interested to see if this year is going to be another Irish film. And I'm nearly sure we've probably talked about it yeah. tonight. Yeah. You know, I've been yeah. feeling there's a lot of yeah. a very popular yeah. Irish films that are there going to do are. really well. And yeah. yeah. um, I mean, not least that we have that fervent, completely obsessive support for our own. You know, yes. in that situation. Yeah. So everything Irish is yeah. four stars. You know, is yes, great. Absolutely. Um, but but I, I love the fact that we're so proud. Of, of absolutely what we do. and then that that carries through like the enthusiasm you can't you can't buy that listen um, thank you so much no, 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 no. an absolute pleasure thank you so much so, no, and thank you. being so patient